the really big news of the week really was very welcome to me, and that is that all our weights and measurements have been wrong for some time. Now, you, you don't realize this, but uh, the kilogram, the key weight, is calculated by reference to a platinum ingot which is held in a vault in Paris. It's called Le Grand K, the Big K, for a translation, you see. Now, Johnny Foreigner speaks. Anyway. Over the years, this ingot has deteriorated. So it is now about the weight of an eyelash light of what it should be. And so at the general conference on weights and measures this week, they are going to change the way they measure a kilogram and replace it by an electric charge. Now, I, I don't know how that works. Please don't ask me. But um, Dr. Purdy Williams at the National Physical Laboratory in the United Kingdom has mixed feelings about this. I haven't been on this project too long, but I feel a weird attachment to the kilogram, he said. I think it's such an exciting thing. And this is a really big moment. I'm a little bit sad. Yep, you are. <laughs> This new system is going to work a lot better. I, it's also a really exciting time. I can't wait for it to happen. You need to get out. You need to get out, Purdy. You really do. But I, I agree with him, you see, because this long overdue change absolutely validates my decision to have the bathroom scales towed out to sea and sunk with naval gunfire, because they've been wrong for so long, <laughs> since I was about 22. <laughs> we'll come back to weights in a moment. But, you know, I, thank you, by the way, thank you so much for letting me, I'm like a kid in a sweet shop, I really am, preaching on Proverbs. But maybe you don't agree with me, maybe you think, ah, you know, boring book, and I can't get my head round it. It may have sort of warmed up business about the fear of the Lord. Okay, you know, I preached on last week. And, and my, my thought that actually what the fear of the Lord really is about is who do you most fear offending? Whose good opinion are you really frightened to lose? Is it human beings or is it God? That was straightforward. What can we say about the rest of the book of Proverbs? It's such a mishmash, isn't it? One scholar calls it a hodgepodge. Okay, the first nine chapters, that's easy enough. You've got these passionate cries by these, these women. By the way, of course, women are so important in the book of Proverbs. Next week, if you'll let me, I'm going to preach on the last 22 verses. Portrait of the astonishing woman crowns the book at the end. But in the first nine chapters, we've got Lady Wisdom crying out passionately, calling us to get wisdom. 
as it were, and I'm, you know, I'm not being crude when I say this, as it were, to get into bed with her. Rather than her awful rival, folly, the strange woman, who offers you all sorts of cheap thrills, but will betray you. So, okay, get your head around that. But most of the rest of the book seems to bounce around all over the place, doesn't it? I mean, if you... Chapter 10, for instance, the first four verses, you've got uh, a warning to listen to your parents. Then you've got a, a warning against getting rich quick by the wrong means. And then you've got two, two verses telling you to work hard. It, bounce, it bounces all over the place. Well, then, does, doesn't life? Life doesn't come to us in neat little packages, does it? We're constantly trying to deal with all this different stuff coming at us from different angles. Not neat, life. Nor is the book of Proverbs, because it's all about life. Now, true, sometimes, and actually I deliberately asked for one of these passages where you actually do seem to get a, a cluster of Proverbs all about the same thing. Occasionally that happens, and it happens in, in, in chapter 16, because you get a run of sayings, these one-liners, all about God, the Lord. And interestingly, Proverbs 16, 17 which was the final verse you read, is the center. It's the center of the book. So, it seems to be saying, and I think it is saying, that at its center, the book of Proverbs is about God. That's the center. Okay. But, actually, a lot of people would immediately begin to lose interest in this book which is supposed to help us live life well and give us wisdom. Oh, it's just another religious book. All about God. Ah, yeah. Funny, um, a friend of mine um, is a Korean translator of Scripture. And he's been working for the last ten years with a team in Kazakhstan, which is a republic in Central Asia. And this Korean team, part of this astonishing missionary effort by the Korean Christian churches, is translating the Bible into Kazakh. Now, Kazakhstan is a majority Muslim country. The first book they translated was not the Gospels, It was Proverbs. Quite deliberately. They thought missionally it would really work. And they sent a copy of their Kazakh version of the book of Proverbs to the president of Kazakhstan. Now, he's a big man. He's an old Soviet-style president boss. His word is law. 
Two weeks later, they get a summons to his office in the palace. Whole team. They all go in there, and they're standing in front of his desk with all the flunkies round, and they, 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 you know, they are a little bit anxious here. It's a majority Muslim country. What's he going to say? He looks at them, and he picks up the book. This is very good. <laughs> Look here, it says. He who mixes in a quarrel, not his own, is, is like he who, who grabs a passing dog by the ears. Now, just think about that, by the way. You grab the dog by the ears, where's he going to bite? Just think about that. <laughs> this is very good. I wish, I wish your President Bush, your President Bush, had remembered that. Is there any more? <laughs> Are there any more books to translate? Well, actually, sir, yes, there are a few. You go ahead and translate them and give them to me. I'll make sure they get distributed. Because he got it, you see, he got it. Here is wisdom from God about life. Yeah, of course, God is central here. But that doesn't mean it's off in some religious sphere. Never actually touching how we really live. That's why whenever the church has, has been given that grace of renewal for which we all pray, the book of Proverbs has become really important. When God gets real in people's lives, they reach for the bigger book of Proverbs. As they did at the Reformation, for instance, when Luther and Calvin Melanchthon preached, commented on, taught from the book of Proverbs. Because God is really concerned about our lives. In fact, our lives are holy. The life you live 24-7 is holy. That's why, coming back to Proverbs 16.11, a just balance and scales belong to the Lord. All the weights in the bag are His. Not the first time weights have been mentioned in Proverbs, nor will it be the last. Chapter 11, verse 1, we have... A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. A just weight is his delight. And again, later in 2023, unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord. False scales are not good. Now, no doubt what those who gathered together the sayings of Solomon, had in mind, in the first instance when the book was written, was the Lord's deep concern that when some poor Israelite widow went to the market to buy an ephah of barley, she wasn't cheated by some tow rag of a trader. 
actually something far deeper than that going on. If just weights and balances belong to the Lord, then they are holy. (laughs) Because anything that belongs to the Lord is holy. That's why we are a holy people, because we, we belong to Him. And so we are holy. So, accurate weights are a holy thing. And if you mess with them, you mess with God. You commit not just a crime, but blasphemy. It seems, you know, the good Lord, (laughs) we think back of Dr. Purdy Williams and his excitement about the kilogram, he's just as excited about that weight as is Dr. Purdy Williams. Okay, I was a banker. Eight years. Okay, more joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Okay, okay, got that. (coughs) Five years ago, the government became aware that the bankers were doing something. They were messing with a really important measurement. Something, you may have heard of it, LIBOR, the London Interbank Offered Rate. It's fixed every day by dealers in dealing rooms. And then they're supposed to give their rates to another body which fixes LIBOR. And on that rate are calculated all the interest rates in big loans. So, They were cheating. They were giving the wrong rates to favor the banks. And so they were defrauding the borrowers. That wasn't just a crime. That was a breach of a holy trust. And God cared about it. Who would have thought trading in a market is a holy thing? God does. And uh, when Volkswagen engineers (laughs) wrote some software for their cars... They're diesel-engined cars, like my Polo, which ensured that when the government inspectors checked the exhausts, those exhausts seemed cleaner than they actually were in practice. Those software engineers from Volkswagen didn't just pollute the air we breathe, though they did, They befouled and defiled their sacred responsibility.
before God, whether they knew it or not. All the weights and measurements are his. And everything in science, I gather, and I'm not a scientist, is based in the end on accurately measuring things and passing on those measurements correctly and fairly. And so when Dr. Andrew Wakefield published a series of studies in The Lancet which suggested that the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine may predispose people to autism. I know about this because that's my wife's field of expertise. Andrew Wakefield didn't just cause a drop in the take-up of vaccines, which threatened all our children. He committed an abomination. Proverbs counts as holy so much that we think of as just worldly or secular. Which why there, there are so many sayings that give us wise advice <laughs> in situations you and I often think of or are wrong to think of have nothing to do with God but actually in his eyes, are holy. How you get your boss to come round to giving you a Christmas bonus? By patience, a ruler may be persuaded, and a soft tongue can break a bone. Just keep on at him. I mean, I've been at Stephen Finnamore at the Baptist College for five years to give me a Christmas bonus, but still hasn't done it. Many other benefits, though, many other benefits. How to react when your mates tell you a home truth. Or your rival at work praises you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, if you've got a real friend, they're going to care enough about you to say things to you that are true, but which may cause you some pain. And if you're a real friend, you will take that risk of telling your friend what they need to hear. Gordon MacDonald tells the story of how he was working with a friend and Gordon said something about another person which was not charitable. And his friend turned to him and said, Gordon, a Christian wouldn't have said that. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. <laughs> Your enemy is never more dangerous to you than when they are saying nice things to your face. I see looks of recognition about these situations, huh? 
How to win if you do get into open conflict. Your plans will succeed if you take advice. Wage war by stratagems. Happens to be the motto for what, for what worth of the Israeli secret service. The effects of workaholism on family life. Better a dinner of herbs. Better being vegetarian, okay? And there is love than a fattened ox roast dinner and hatred with it. You know, I, I was a pastor for 25 years before I lectured in college, and so often I saw members of my congregation not knowing how to take a break. And, and when I asked them why, they would say things like, you know, well, I, I need to maintain my standard of life. We need to have this and that. One, I remember saying, well, you know, we love to go away for a three-week holiday, somewhere exotic every year. I said, well, why do you need to do that? Why can't you have a couple of weeks in Bogner? And, and he'd say, well, it's because we work so hard. <laughs> we need three-week holiday. Better to eat not so richly, but live in a house where people have time for one another Then have a feast. And everybody is resentful. Parents don't see their kids. Kids don't see their parents. Better a dimmer of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred with it. Now, the book of Proverbs says these things because God thinks our our families are holy places. Though we do need to work hard, no excuse for being lazy. Proverbs 10.4, a slack hand. Now, the usual translation says makes poverty, but actually what the Hebrew says is a slack hand makes a poor person. It's a joke, really. Not, not terribly humorous. I mean, I'm not going to get this hugely on the stand-up circuit. But the idea is, if you, just let, your, if you let your hands like this, if you let your hands, hands slack, they don't do any work, you're going to make something. You're going to make a poor person. But the hand of the diligent... The hardworking brings wealth. By the way, the Proverbs is completely aware that many, many people work their socks off and don't get rich. The fallow hand of fallow land of the poor brings forth much fruit, it says, but by oppression and injustice it is taken away. That's true too. <laughs> but generally speaking, if we work hard, 
then we will get prosperous very often. That's the case. Not always, but often. How to win friends and influence people. Do you know, let your co-workers settle down, have a coffee, and get over the misery of the morning commute before you bounce over and tell them what a wonderful day it is. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it will be counted as cursing. How to get a reputation for wisdom. Even a fool is considered wise if he remains silent. If he closes his lips, people think he's intelligent. Better to let people think you're stupid rather than opening your mouth and confirming their suspicions. Difficult for preachers. I could go on at length. If we get to know the book of Proverbs, if we read its sayings with imagination, expecting God to speak to us through them, we will be given an amazing resource to live our lives well as followers of Jesus Because underlying the book's teaching is the deep belief that God cares for all of our life. Every bit is holy to him. What an astonishing thought that is. Whether you're a teacher with this astonishing task ahead of you, whether you're a cleaner, just making sure, as the lady who cleans our offices does, that we have a good environment to work in. The believing lady, and she's so cheerful and diligent, so concerned to get things right, Because that task is a holy one. She knows. In the total expanse of human life, said Abraham Kuyper, pastor, theologian, in his spare time, because his day job was Prime Minister of the Netherlands. In the total of expanse of human life and experience, there is not a single square inch of which Christ, who alone is sovereign, does not declare mine Mine! 
All our lives are holy because they belong to Christ. Caring professions? <laughs> yeah. Caring professions, yeah. God help us when the structural engineers stop caring. We have an extension built, uh, the thing about waiting. Oh, how that struck home. Because yeah? we're living in a small room at the front of the house. I, I really hope that something of the teaching of the book of Proverbs has rubbed off on our brickies, electricians, and the chippy. <coughs> yeah? And the guy who did the plans. And the roofer. Because that's one of the great things, you know. When the Christian revolution happened, in the first and second and third, fourth centuries of our era, when the Christian revolution against a failed, harsh morality of paganism, when that happened, people began to value the ordinary things that ordinary people did. Even the work of slaves became important and holy. And it rubbed off. It rubbed off. As it does in our culture, if we really believe that what we do, waking and sleeping, is all holy, it rubs off, it gets through the whole of society. People begin to care. Why? Well, when the Lord God Almighty came among us in human flesh. How did he come? King? Scribe? All these are godly things we've done rightly, but they are all one to God with cobblers and pastry chefs, car mechanics, all one to God, because all holy. But he chose to come, well, the Greek word is as a technes, which is often translated carpen carpenter, but really means something like artisan, workman. He was probably the guy in the village who the others turned to when they needed a bit of difficult building done. And what do you think he said? Do you think the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was working, said, oh, well, I, I know the plans say three and a quarter cubits, but do you know what? I've cut it three and a half. It'll do. Do you think he said that? No. He would have got it just right. Because it was a holy task. And sometimes he calls some of us to, much against our will, okay? He calls us sometimes to do this ministry stuff in church. But most of us time, he calls most of his disciples 
to carry on earning their crust in their holy tasks. Even if we're a tax collector, like Zacchaeus, he didn't tell him to stop it, did he? Or Paul, the tent maker and part-time pastor and evangelist. The Word became flesh, made His holy dwelling among us, and we can behold His glory most clearly on the cross, but we can also behold it as He worked in the workshop in Nazareth, getting it right, helping His mum with the chores getting it right, looking after his brothers and sisters when she was busy, because he was a carer. He really cared. Friends, can I ask you something? Can you do me a favor? Can you, can I ask you to stand, and I, I want to pray for you, for what you do outside this building. Now, I'm going to Sort of mention a few professions, and perhaps just ask if you if you follow if you would please don't if you if you don't want to don't do it but if, if it sort of if you're in this category can you get up okay and then I'll I'll, I'll pray for you yeah and I hope I'm going to get everybody I'm because I'm sort of a middle class sort of chap I might miss the the the, the real the really holy people but if I'll, I'll be a catch-all at the end okay so if if you're involved anybody here involved in manufacturing you make things. Actually, make stuff. Designing it, no? That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I wish there was somebody in my family who actually did something honest for a living. I mean, they're all sort of social workers and <laughs> pastors and all that. Any social workers here? No, that's interesting, isn't it? Did you know this about your congregation? No social workers? No, nobody making anything? Any mechanics? Hooray! Well done. Bless you. Bless you. You get it right. All right. This is interesting, actually. Teachers. Ah. Lord, I'm just astonished that you give wisdom and want it to be passed on. So we've already heard the wonderful things you're doing in Loch Lease, but there's so many other things here. Just as you want mechanics to get the put the right screws and the right nuts and bolts on the right bits of machinery, so you also want the right bits of knowledge to get into the heads of others. So, Lord, I just ask you to bless this, this work. And these people who do it. What about sales and retail? Anybody in sales and retail? Just keep standing up if you can, if you want to. Let's get the whole congregation up at the end, but sit down if you're uncomfortable. Sales and retail, no? It's interesting, isn't it? Medical professionals. Doctors, nurses. Come on, I know there's at least one here. Lord, thank you that you were a healer, that your hands, your hands healed others. I just pray for those who are engaged in healing. And above all, Lord, I pray that in this incredibly stressful environment they're in, you'll bless them and give them strength and encouragement every day. Volunteers. 
Yeah. Particularly people who are retired often, you know? Every time I was a pastor, I used to go into the, the, the charity shops in my areas. I'd look behind the counter, and there were people from my congregation. Yeah? You're four times more likely to be volunteering outside the church if you're a Christian than if you're not. That is remarkable, isn't it? What would they do without us? And you don't get paid. Amazing. Lord, thank you for this free will offering of love. And may it really rebound to your honour and glory. Okay. Homemakers. People who look after children or the elderly or the vulnerable at home. Anybody here who's caring at home? Yeah, wow, what an offering of love this is. Father God, just thank you for all that you're doing through people who are called by you to do this holy thing of caring for others. Children, the elderly, the vulnerable. It's really hard work. Give them breaks and respite, Lord. I'm missing a lot here, obviously. Computing software. Anybody a computer software? Right, software engineers. Well done. Lord, thank you. I don't understand at all what these guys are doing, but you understand and you really care about it. And it's so important for everything we do. So what else have I missed? What else do you guys do? Any students here? Students studying? Yeah. Lord, open their minds to wisdom. Let it pour in. What else do you guys do? There must be more things. Tell me. Catering. Catering. Let's have the caterers up. Yeah, if you don't get things right, we're all going to get poisoned. <laughs> Father God, thank you for those who feed and care for us. What else? Law. 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 Oh, law, law. Men at law. Who's anybody involved in legal, the legal profession? Come on, the love that dare not tell its name. Father God, thank you for the law and for the justice we have in this country. May it always be something that helps human flourishing. All that paperwork, all those files, all those important matters that are dealt with there. May we get it right. And may the people who work in the legal profession in this church be witnesses for you. What else? Banking and oh, banking. I forgot the bankers, of course. Get up the bankers. Come on, Lord. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm one with you. In your shame and guilt, I'm with you. <laughs> Father God, thank you for those who look after other people's money. May they, may they really be aware of the, the trust, the responsibility, and the opportunities that that task gives them. Yeah. May their decisions be fair. May they see the risks clearly and act accordingly. What else? Anything else? Come on, there's some people still sitting down. Pardon? Accountants? Accountants. Ah, lovely. Thank you, goodness. Wonderful. What will we do without you? Getting all those numbers right. Yeah? Thank you, Lord, on this professional, which so much else depends. Yeah? And, and may when they, they need to, to really look into a, the financial life of a company and report, may their judgments be clear. Anything else? Architects? Self-employed. Come on. All the traders and accountants and entrepreneurs out there. Right, Lord Jesus, thank you. You give us the, the zest and the ability to act on our own and be responsible 
to ourselves as well as to you, of course. So, Lord, may these firms flourish and may they prosper. Okay, let's all stand. I've, I've, if there's anything else, I'm just going to ask God to bless it. Elderly and infirm. Yeah, those who are looking after the elderly and the infirm, we've already got those. Those who are just at home, quiet, praying. Lord God, thank you for the praying heart of so many churches, those who are at home, those who can't be here this morning, but are still doing things that you think are holy. Lord Jesus, we, we may miss out people, Lord. We may undervalue many in this church's life and in the life of every church, but we know that you don't. Help us to see that everything we do is a sacred trust, but not to be downhearted, but realize that you think everything that we do is important and holy. We even pray for the ministers, Lord. Okay, they only work one day a week, but, you know, they try their best. May, as they have oversight over these people that you call to yourself and are holy, may their lives and all our lives be filled with the holiness that comes from above. We ask it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you.